is Wednesday, December 6th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Bucks and Lakers advance to Vegas. And the system lets us down. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The final four for the in-season tournament is set. More opt-outs as college football bowl season is upon us. And Aaron Rodgers has some bitching to do. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Let's start with this NBA in-season tournament. The quarterfinals wrapped up last night with the Bucs dominating the Knicks, 146-122. I think they covered the four and a half there. And the Lakers beat the Suns, 106. 6-103, AJ LA closed as a two and a half point favorite, so they covered. Yeah, by the, by the skin of their teeth, and KD with a chance to hit a a, a game tying shot at the end of the game, final seconds, airball comes up short, and that sets us up for Lakers Pelicans and Bucks Pacers in the semifinals of the in-season tournament. Yeah, those games will be played uh, later on this week. Uh, actually, tomorrow, I think, right? Tomorrow we have, yeah. Uh, so tomorrow we have both semifinal games, and then Saturday is when the championship game is. And the current lines are up and ready to go for the semifinal games. Indiana plus four against Milwaukee, total of 254 and a half. And then the Pelicans plus two against the Lakers, total of 230. So the table is set for tomorrow. Uh, the rest of the league is in action tonight, so let's run through this schedule real quick. We got the Magic at the Cavs. Cleveland, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Memphis, one-and-a-half-point road favorites at the Pistons. AJ, Detroit has lost 17 straight games. Are you on the Grizzlies tonight? I'm not on the Grizzlies. Even I mean, it's a short line, but I don't like what I've seen out of the Grizzlies lately, so I, I'm not comfortable backing them as, as a favorite on the road. I, so I just don't like it. what you're telling me is you're not going to lay one-and-a-half against a team that lost 17 straight I'm games. I'm not going to do it. 17 straight Are you going to do it? No, I don't do that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think there's – listen, there. that's the kind of line that the book lays when they want you to bet the Grizzlies, <laughs> okay, right? Okay. Is it not? It because like everybody's going to walk into the casino and go, oh, the Pistons are 2-18. and 18. 17 straight losses. They're the worst team, and they're all they got to do is lose by two? That's easy. No thanks. I'll pass. The 76ers are at the Wizards. People Billy. don't just walk into Little Caesars Arena – and get a hot and ready pizza <laughs> and win by two. It just doesn't happen. I'd be very disappointed if they don't have hot and ready pizzas at the. Arena. I would imagine they do. They have to. But if it's anything, they like probably the, have those like stations there where you can just scan your phone and just take a pizza out. If like, it's like the if it's like the Little Caesars by my house, if there are pizzas there, yeah. they're not hot. <laughs> And they're usually not, not ready. ready. <laughs> Sixers are at the Wizards. Philly laying nine and a half. The Heat are at the Raptors. Toronto, a three and a half point home favorite. Nets are at the Hawks. Atlanta laying four and a half. Spurs at the Timberwolves. Minnesota, 12 and a half point favorites. San Antonio has lost 14 straight games. Well, this is different because this is the Timberwolves at home. The best team in the Western Conference taking on the Spurs on the road. The worst team in the Western Conference. This line makes a lot more sense than that Memphis line. Boy, how bad are these teams? One 14 straight losses, the other 17 Whoa. straight losses. 
It's just terrible. Uh, Hornets are at the Bulls. Chicago, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Thunder at the Rockets. OKC laying one-and-a-half on the road, AJ. Yeah, the Rockets are eight-and-one at home. Eight and nine overall, mm-hmm. eight and one at home. This the is a, a very dominant home court. Uh, again, not a number that I'm going to be willing to touch with the road team here. Jazz are at the Mavericks. Dallas laying eight and a half. The Blazers at the Warriors. Golden State, 12 and a half point favorites. And the Nuggets at the Clippers. L.A., one and a half point favorites. Again, this is another one of those examples of oh, the Nuggets. They're the champions. They're dogs? Give me the dog. I don't know. Let's let's be careful out there, as Fez would say. They want you to take the rules. The Jets quarterback saga takes another turn, AJ. First off, the Jets signed Brett Rippon off uh, waivers. And cut Tim Boyle. And Tim Boyle was sent packing. So you got Trevor Simeon, Brett Rippon, or Zach Wilson is going to be playing. Does Zach Wilson feel like playing or no? Well, we don't who know. knows we what's don't know. going on? They play the Texans. On Sunday, and uh, yesterday, more info came out about the whole Zach Wilson thing. And first off, let me tell you what's been talked about in the New York media. Uh, former New York radio host Joe Beningo called up his old, old former station and was a guest on WFAN in New York and talked about how he had exchanged text messages with Robert Sala. And they talked about, you know, the the, uh, the Jets losing, and Robert Sala allegedly sent – Beningo, a list of all coaches in the NFL and their records without their quarterbacks. Like Zach Taylor without Joe Burrow, uh, McVay without uh, Matt Stafford, Harbaugh without Lamar. Like, the list goes on and on. Sure. Every coach that, you know, does not win without their quarterback. It's hard. Which is so stupid because Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback for four plays. Right. Like, what about the past two years when Zach Wilson was your quarterback? And was right? also, like, playing on basically, like, no money this year. Yes. So it's not like you got screwed on the salary yeah. cap yeah. because of him and you couldn't so, put a, a comp- competitive team out there. So let's just get that out of the way. But then he went further into saying that he asked about if Zach Wilson would start this weekend. And Salah's response was like, are you kidding me? Like, basically saying, like, no. Like, why would I start? Like, why would I start this kid? And then he had to do damage control. And Robert Sala had to come out and make a statement. Beningo had to go on the station again and make and retract the statement. But he basically said, that, oh, I, I misinterpreted what Robert Sala was saying to me. He was saying, like, I was the guy calling for him to get benched, and now I want him to start. So he was like, are you kidding me? But <sighs> it goes even further than that. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show had this to say about all the alleged leaks in the Jets organization. And that's a problem with the organization. You know, we need to get to the bottom of whatever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately uh, because there's no place in, in a winning culture where, and there's been, this is not the only time, there's been a bunch of other leaks. Big that, city, that a lot of out. reporters. I get it. A lot of friends. I get it, they're not your friends. No, yeah. They're not your friends. Yeah, what? friends. They're not your friends. Even if they are, like, is that really what you want to be about? You want to be about using someone in the media yes. to leak stuff to uh, in order for what? To get them to put your name out there for a job or if you're a player to get you a write-up something? I think it's chicken um, at its core. And, and uh, you know, I think it has no place in, in a winning organization. So, Rogers, forget about the quarterback situation because he did defend Zach Wilson, but... He is tired of people within the Jets organization leaking stuff to the media. 
I, you know, I'm I'm with him. Normally, I think that Rogers is like has this weird view of things that I don't generally agree with. But in this one, I, I think he's kind of right. Like the whole Salah thing, it's not a good look. It doesn't. It's. I mean, listen, he's struggling. Obviously, Salah is. He didn't expect to be in this position either. But he's got a team that's been busting their ass for him, doing like you know, particularly a defense that's been busting their ass for him, trying to keep him afloat. This is not something that a team is gonna like be thrilled to stand behind on Sunday. I don't know what's gonna go on with this football team. Um, the, the comments by Aaron Rodgers doesn't make it sound like Aaron Rodgers wants to even be here. Well, it's too late. He's stuck. He's here. He's here next year too. Yeah. Unless he wants to retire. It's well, always an option. Well, what? Now I'm thinking is that Aaron Rodgers will be here next year, and Robert Sala Robert might not. Sala won't. Wouldn't shock me. Uh, listen, when you have a season like this, it's real easy to to write it off and say, "Well, the quarterback got hurt," but it's usually somebody's head rolls. And um, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to see Nathaniel Hackett's head roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Jets right now aren't going to let they're not going to let Joe Douglas's head roll. So who's it going to be? There's only there's only one guy it can be, right? Well, the Jets are five and a half point home dogs to the Texans on Sunday without a starting quarterback named. Not ideal. Uh, based on what we've heard Robert Sala say, it feels like Zach Wilson is going to start. Mm. And if he doesn't, it's just going to open up a whole bunch of other questions. So sure. I, I think they almost have to to start him at this point. Uh, but, I mean, does it? Does, how much does the line move at this point, no matter who it is? Do it, like, do you trust any of these quarterbacks any more than another? I mean, I, I feel like Zach Wilson still has the most upside, but mm. you can't possibly feel good about running Zach Wilson out there, you know? If the season ended today, the Jets, who have lost five straight games, would have the sixth overall pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, that's good. Is there any way? Now, I don't know if the Jets would draft a quarterback or what they would do, but. You know who would not like them to draft a quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron Rodgers wants, I mean, if uh, that's just my assumption, is Aaron Rodgers would want them to say, hey, we're all in for right now. I want you to draft somebody who can help us right now. Help help me win a championship. Is there any way the Jets can get Marvin Harrison Jr.? No. He'll go top four? Yeah. yeah. But l- listen, there's uh, there's a lot of really good receivers in this draft. Although, is receiver really, what is that the thing that they need the most, you think? No. It feels like offensive line help has probably got to be paramount for that team. Yeah. It would still be, uh, you know, imagine you, you just put more playmakers on that team. Uh, yeah. I, I would assume, though, that it would be – uh, you know, an offensive tackle, offensive lineman, somebody. That seems like the 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 best. I mean, that's been the biggest struggle. Well, besides quarterback, mm-hmm. that's been the biggest struggle for them is on the offensive line. So, uh, it, like, there's going to be like guys like Malik Neighbors. Or it's going to be very uh, appealing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think when you look at the guys like J.C. Latham and, and Joe Alt that are that are going to be the 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 big time tackles available, that's where that's where that that team's probably going to need to look. Elsewhere around the league, the Jaguars say that Trevor Lawrence has a high ankle sprain, so avoiding the worst-case scenario. And Doug Peterson even would not rule out He's not playing the possibility this week. Doug of Peterson's Lawrence playing. Wrong. He's not playing this week. But, I mean, and we saw the line flip, basically. So, yeah. this is uh, – I mean, it is the best news possible. But, I mean, when we saw him limping off the field, mm-hmm. did anybody think he was going to play? Like – 
I already knew, like, they were like, well, he's questionable to come back to this game. I was like, he's not coming back to this. Are you crazy? Yeah. He's not playing next week, and he's not going to play next week. But, um, but, but you're right. They did right. say no, no surgery. You know how Kenny Pickett had the surgery because yeah. he wanted to speed up the healing process? Yeah, this is the best case. Well, Kenny Pickett... I mean, let's face it. Kenny Pickett doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence matters, and like if, if they get him back, they want him back for the playoffs, and that's when you know he's got the the best chance to make yeah. an impact. Jaguars three point dogs in Cleveland on Sunday against the Browns. Maybe uh, a bit of an overreaction. Yeah, I think like so. It's a you know I like the Browns, but mm. um, you know it's is Trevor Lawrence a six point quarterback? Like, does he take take you off of one three and on to another? I don't know. It feels like a, it feels like a big jump. Yeah, but you've got the Browns at home, weather, rain game. You would think that their defense and running the football, you know, total in that game is 30 and a half. That's going to be that's going to be a grind. That is a very, very low score. Uh, sticking with the Jaguars, Christian Kirk suffered a core muscle injury that might require surgery. Uh, it looked like he landed um, and squished his uh Berries? Ooh, hate when that is that part of the core? I would think that's how they would refer to it, yeah. Maybe they're just calling it like a hernia or something. I would just say like usually anything around that area they call it a groin, even though it's not technically. Well, that's a what groin. they said during the game. Okay. But now they're calling it a core muscle. So I could, could That doesn't I, feel like part of the core to it's me. It's probably like a hernia or something. Like he, <laughs> he's got something going on there. Oh yeah. Either way, it, it's it, he's gonna be out for mm-hmm. the significant future. Yep. So it's a bummer for the Jags. Um, but the Jags have weapons, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's, he, he's very solid, but having Calvin Ridley and having Zay Jones back in the mix, they're not short on weapons. Tommy DeVito will remain the starting quarterback for the Giants, even though Tyrod Taylor has been practicing and is available. Um, boy, what to think of that? Uh, Tommy I mean, Cutlets is on a streak. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've had, you've had some success with the guy. I don't Two straight I, wins. Let's go. It's not like he's any good, but that said, <laughs> do, you, do you, do the giants really want to win games right now? Yeah. Like well, that's just going to mess things up. If you're the giants, right? They, they're in position for like a top five pick. Yeah. But Hey, two straight wins. And if you're looking at the, uh, NFC playoff standings, well, the giants, they are the 12th seed right now. They're just two games back. Oh, Green just Bay two. Packers. They're almost And they there. play the Packers. Oh, head to head. Head to head. Yeah, the Giants will be uh, taking on the Packers on Monday. We have a Monday night doubleheader. How about that? And it's going to be uh, Packers at the Giants with the Packers six and a half point road favorites. That's a big number. That is a big number. AJ, it is Army-Navy week. We'll get into that game a little later on this week. I think we're going to have a feeling on the total for that game. But with bowl season here, we have to update the opt-out tracker to find out, you know, which key players are not going to be playing in their bowl games. Here's what we know as of now. In the Myrtle Beach Bowl for Ohio, starting quarterback Curtis Rourke is in the transfer pool. Yeah, and they're now plus four. They, they opened as a favorite. They're now plus four against Georgia Southern. In the Cure Bowl, Miami of Ohio starting quarterback Avion Smith in the transfer pool. Well, technically the backup quarterback. They'll be down to a third-string quarterback. Well, yeah, because Gabbard's out. He's been out. Yes. Yeah, but uh, Miami of Ohio now plus five and a half. I think more importantly, the total now down to 47. In the New Mexico Bowl, New Mexico starting New Mexico State starting quarterback Diego Pavia got hurt in the Conference USA yeah, title game. 
There's no word yet on his status. Yeah, New Mexico State a three-point favorite right now against Fresno. In the L.A. Bowl, Boise State starting quarterback Taylor Green in the transfer portal. And that's got to be the most positive news ever for Boise State fan, but uh, UCLA is still a three-point favorite. Yeah, for UCLA, though, uh, quarterback Dante Moore, who played a little bit during the season. Part of the three-man rotation yes, with Colin Schley and play. Ethan Garbers. I yep. think Garbers may be out as well with an injury, so it might it may just be Colin Schley in this game. But also UCLA dealing with a lot of coaching changes as yep. well. Defensive coordinator gone, quarterback coach gone, so uh, it's gonna a lot is going on in that game. Texas Tech in the Independence Bowl, uh, quarterback Tyler Schuff, who did not really play at the end of the year, he's in the transfer portal. And Tyler Schuff announced yesterday that he is going to uh, be at Louisville going forward. So Louisville got themselves – they lose one, they, now they get one. So wow. Louisville's sticking with the, uh, the experienced route here. Okay, interesting stuff there. Uh, in the – what bowl is this? Uh, oh, same bowl game for Cal. Uh, ben Finley, who lost yeah. his starting job, the quarterback, he's going to be in the portal. Quarterback Sam Jackson, he's not playing. Um, so, it look, it'll, it'll be Fernando Mendoza at starting quarterback for them. Uh, moving on, let's see. Other big news. Uh, Jeff Trailer, the head coach of UTSA, will stay with them during the bowl game, they play in the Frisco Bowl. Yeah, and the UTSA has a couple, a uh, couple really solid defensive players either opting out or, you know, not one in the transfer portal if I'm mistaken, and one opting out for uh, the NFL draft. So defensively, they're going to be, you know, shorthanded. But it is good that they're uh, that Jeff Trailer is still going to be there to coach that team. You imagine they'll give themselves a good effort. Birmingham Bowl, Duke will be without starting quarterback Riley Leonard and their head coach Mike Elko, who left for Texas A&M. So associate head coach Trooper Taylor will coach this game. Yeah, as well as several other players for, yep. for Duke opting out. So Duke, I, I said as soon as the line came out, Duke is a team you want to fade. Uh, not a team I've got any interest in going forward. In the Armed Forces Bowl, James Madison will be without their coach, Kirk Signetti, who took the head coaching job at Indiana. And starting quarterback Jordan McLeod will play, it looks like. Yeah, James Madison, a three-point favorite. Uh, and Larry, the the Air Force quarterback, they're saying he's projected to be, to be back and playing in this game as well. So uh, three-point game, three-point spread there for James Madison, a total of 41. In the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Georgia State going to be without their starting running back and backup running back in this one. Not good when you're a team that's so dependent on running the football. Utah State plus two in that game. Eastern Michigan in the 68 Ventures Bowl will be without starting quarterback Austin Smith in the transfer portal. Uh, that's probably a good thing. South Alabama minus 16. Eastern Michigan may be the worst team that made a bowl game. They, they're probably in for an absolute ass kicking. Uh, here in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Bowl, it looks like Bryson Barnes will be a quarterback for Utah. Nate Johnson expected to be in the transfer portal. Yeah, this is interesting. I was reading uh, yesterday that Bryson Barnes is going to transfer but he's going to play in the yeah. bowl game before he transfers, which is a nice thing, for, you know, because obviously if, if he and Johnson transferred, then they'd be screwed. Uh, but Utah still a seven-point favorite uh, against Northwestern here in Las Vegas. In the Hawaii Bowl, Coastal Carolina will be without quarterback Grayson McCall in the transfer portal. Also backup quarterback Jared Guest in the transfer portal. So third stringer Ethan Vasco will be the starter. Yeah, and San Jose State missing a couple key uh, key defensive players as well, but uh, this this spread is minus nine and a half for San Jose State, total of 54. 
In the quick lane bowl, Minnesota will be without starting quarterback Athen Kalikmanis. Yeah. He's in the transfer portal. And a couple running backs, if I'm not mistaken, which is, is much more key for Minnesota. But they're minus three and a half still uh, against Bowling Green. So that should tell you, like, Minnesota just being three and a half against Bowling Green. There's some pretty big opt-outs. No JT Daniels at quarterback for Rice in the first responder bowl. A.J. Padgett will start. Yeah, uh, Rice plus four against Texas State. I mean, I think if Daniels plays, this is Rice is certainly favorite in this game, but obviously having to medically retire a couple weeks ago. So a bit of a bummer for him and a bit of a bummer for this Rice team that when JT Daniels is out there healthy this year, they were cooking. A little bit close to home heel. UNLV dealing with a lot of rumors with their quarterback, Jordan Maiava. There was a report that he was entering the transfer portal. Then there was a retraction of that report. Nothing has been confirmed from the program. UNLV takes on Kansas. Yeah, uh, Kansas minus 12 and a half. We know Jason Bean's going to start for Kansas. I I don't know if this OC for uh, for UNLV will be around much longer either. I imagine he's getting scooped up for a big job, uh, and, and I think he matters quite a bit. For Tulane in the military bowl against Va Tech. We know Willie Fritz has taken the head coaching job at Houston. And quarterback Michael Pratt rumors that he could be in the transfer portal. Yeah, Virginia Tech minus seven and a half. That tells you. To, to me, it says that Michael Pratt's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. No word on Drake May's status for North Carolina in the Dukes Mayo Bowl against West Virginia. Yeah, I, so I, I took West Virginia minus three yesterday, and I basically took it as a, a preliminary position and if Drake may opts out I'm going to be in good shape if Drake may announces that he's in I imagine this moves probably to pick mm-hmm. uh, so there's a, a chance for you to grab both sides there but uh, I, I think th- this number is certainly going to move when we find out more about Drake may so I locked in a spot at West Virginia minus three Holiday Bowl, we know USC will be without Caleb Williams. It'll likely be Miller Moss at quarterback. Yeah, Louisville minus seven and a half in this game. Uh, the total, 57 and a half. And my thought was, man, I, I can't imagine anybody gets any stops, but I don't know much about this backup quarterback at USC, but it, it, I, I still expect this to, to go over the total. Uh, Texas A&M obviously dealing with a lot of coaching changes. Sure. Jimbo Fisher gone, Bobby Petrino gone. Um, quarterback Mac Johnson Going to transfer to North Carolina. Yeah. I've actually heard, though, Oklahoma State seems like they're going to have most of their guys play if, if I read things properly. But uh, Oklahoma State plus three and a half in this game. Maybe some value on the pokes. I would keep an eye on Ollie Gordon. He's obviously the key yeah player for that one. Uh, that, not for the transfer portal, but yes, for, for yes, NFL stuff. Yes. Uh, Fenway Bowl. It'll be SMU against Boston College. And uh, Preston Stone done for the year. So Kevin Jennings going to start at quarterback for SMU. Good enough to be Tulane. And uh, Emmett Moorhead, who already lost his starting job for Boston College. He is transferring as well. As long as they have uh, you know, Castellanos, they should be okay. Yeah, SMU minus 11 and a half. This is a total of 51. And I, I said this before the Tulane game. People sleep on SMU's defense. They think it's all offense, but this is a really, really strong defense. Boston College, not a great offense. So 51 feels like a big number to me. Rutgers takes on Miami in the pinstripe bowl. Rutgers uh, going to be without some wide receivers, a cornerback, two backup quarterbacks, including the second uh, stringer, Evan Simon, and tight end Johnny Langan going to have season-ending surgery. For Miami, starting quarterback Tyler Van Dyke in the transfer portal. Yeah, Rutgers right now is plus two and a half. And like you said, Miami, a, a lot of uh, there were a lot of rumors that my, uh, that Tyler Van Dyke's landing spot was going to be Louisville. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's not going to be the case now with Tyler Shuck going there. So uh, he's he, Van Dyke's one of the bigger free agents out there, I would say. Uh, Brennan Armstrong should start at quarterback for NC State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. 
against um, Kansas State. MJ Morris, who didn't play at the end of the season, he is already in the transfer portal. Will Howard in the transfer portal, the starting quarterback for Kansas State. Well, remember Kansas State went to a two-quarterback system for basically the last month of the season. It's probably a good thing. They're going to run a lot more now, but Kansas State minus three and a half right now against North Carolina State. Alamo Bowl, Oklahoma takes on Arizona for Oklahoma. They'll be without offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby, who took the head coaching job at Mississippi State. Starting quarterback Dylan Gabriel in the transfer portal, Jackson Arnold, will likely start this game. Yeah, I like Arizona here. Uh, I, I like the over still, even with Dylan Gabriel not going to be there. I don't know who gets the stops, but um, I, I think this is going to be an explosive game. I, I do think that, that Arizona, just the way they were playing late in the season and the fact that they're going to have their starting quarterback makes a difference. Minus, th- minus three for Arizona. Notre Dame against Oregon State in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. And we know Oregon State dealing with a ton of coaching uh, yeah. things, but also starting quarterback DJ Uyunglele is gone and and backup quarterback Aiden Childs is gone. Yeah, from what I understand, uh, Childs is is likely to follow uh, Jonathan Smith to Michigan State. So, it, yeah, I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for Oregon State. I don't think the market ben, does either. Ben Goldbrunson. That's a made-up person. Notre Dame minus eight and a half. <laughs> is Sam Hartman going to play is the question. I, I, he, nothing announced yet. Okay. Nothing announced yet for Sam Hartman. Uh, let's see. Moving on, uh, we have starting quarterback Kyle McCord for Ohio State will not play in the Cotton Bowl against Missouri. Devin Brown should be back and start. If not, it'll be seventh-year senior who transferred from Oregon State, Tristan Gebbia. I'm so mad at myself for not betting Mizzou early in the early in the process when the Bulls first got announced. They opened at plus six. I, I liked Missouri. I just didn't. I, I was nervous. Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? Who's going to transfer? Who's not? I should have known that Missouri, who was very happy with the way that their season went, yeah. would have less issues than Ohio State, who was obviously not happy you with would the imagine, way their season You would went. imagine Harrison, Abuka, Travion, yeah. they're, they're all going to opt out. Hey, so no quarterback, no wide receivers. Now you're seeing Ohio State plus one and a half. So a seven and a half, li- a seven and a half point line move through uh, the key number of three there. Yeah, uh, we know about Jordan Travis out for Florida State. Tate Rodemaker will likely be back. Uh, no concussion symptoms anymore, at least when we get to the Orange Bowl December 30th. Yeah, the question is, is Lad McConkie going to play? Is, is Beck going to play? Is Bowers going to play for Georgia? Uh, right now, Georgia's minus 14. That makes it seem like all those guys are going to be good to yeah, go. Because nothing's been announced. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there's still a real possibility that those, those guys are all headed to the NFL. Toledo will take on Wyoming in the Arizona Bowl, and Toledo starting quarterback Daquan Finn in the transfer portal. Yeah, listen, Toledo was like the last remaining MAC team that hadn't lost their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now they have. Wyoming's one of my favorite plays of bowl season. Wyoming plus one right now. And no other uh, major opt-outs just yet. Uh, we we still no fi- word on Bo Nix. Exactly. We could find out about Bo Nix to, uh, as a potential opt-out when Oregon takes on Liberty in the Fiesta. Bowl. Yeah, to me, that's the uh, – that's the because I think if, if Bo Nix plays and this Oregon team is excited to be there, I think they absolutely house Liberty. Yeah. But uh, if Bo Nix isn't there, obviously you don't want to lay – minus 16 is the current number. Uh, the two semifinal games – Still not not a whole lot of movement. There's been a little movement on Alabama. They were plus two and a half, now plus one and a half. So that takes away any idea that we were going to see a three. Uh, I, I played an early position on Alabama, plus two and a half. And I said, well, if it gets to three, I'll take a little more Alabama. I don't think that's coming. The total is 45 and a half. Texas minus four and a half. 
total of 64. Uh, I got in early on the total as well, 62 and a half. So it looks like uh, that's going that way as well. I I still think there's value in the number at 64. And we will continue to update the opt-outs and the transfers and whatnot as we progress throughout this bowl season. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ. It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. College basketball in the top 25. Let's start with the bad news. The system took a hit last night. Although I'm starting to think that, you know, we have to, we're separating this into two systems, I think. I think if it's an unranked home team, it's one system. If it's two ranked teams and we have the lower ranked team as the favorite, it's a separate system. Well, and and part of it is, I mean, when the rankings came out yesterday or or a day before yesterday, whenever, what, early uh, Monday, Mm -hmm. like the... The, the the teams had flipped. Wisconsin got moved into the rankings. Michigan State had dropped out. Yeah. So, I mean, these teams were basically considered equal. But still with the loss, uh, the uh, lower-ranked team, when both teams are ranked, the lower-ranked team that's favored is 3-0 right now. The unranked home team as the favorite is 2-3 and right now. I'm not counting two neutral site losses, so just 2-3. and three. So the system overall is 5-3. and three. There were a few more games, a couple more games, I should say, in the Big East Big 12 battle, uh, starting with Baylor, who gets a 78-60 win over Seton Hall. Seton Hall cut the lead to three in the second half, and Baylor went on two 8-0 runs to, uh, to run away from Seton Hall. And the other game in that in that series, 
Oklahoma 72, Providence 51. Another situation where, like, Providence came and took a lead in the second half. Oklahoma went on, I think it was like a 23-4 to run uh, and just closed the door on them. In the Jimmy V Classic, two pretty solid games. Illinois gets a 98-89 win over Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic had a three-point halftime lead. That's a high-scoring game, 98-89. to And in the marquee matchup, UConn, 87, North Carolina, 76, a dominant performance for the Huskies. Elsewhere in the top 25, you saw Tennessee, 87-66 win over a solid George Mason squad. Kansas gets an 88-69 win over Kansas City. Gonzaga, a 40-point win over Arkansas Pine Bluff, 111-71. That's a cover. They covered the 34-and-a-half. And don't look now. BYU is really good. 96 to 55 win over Evansville, who was seven and one coming into the game. BYU now eight and zero, oh, uh, a 41 point win for the Cougs. Before you get to this, and, I'm just going to say something real quick. Uh, this was from yesterday morning show. Upset alert: Grand Canyon wins this game. Okay. You're the expert, Scott. Grand Canyon, 79-73 win over number 25, San Diego don't, State. Don't mess with my antelopes, bro. <laughs> What's on the schedule tonight? Lots of games, not lots of competitive lines in the top 25. The U, Miami, uh, number 15 in the country. They take on Long Island, one of the worst teams in the country. Miami minus 28 and a half in this one. The University of Houston, they play host to uh, Rice, who also happens to be an in-town rival. Houston, minus 28 and a half. I guess this is the marquee game of the day. There's two ranked teams playing. Texas is plus seven and a half at Marquette. Uh, Shaka Smart getting to uh, to see his old team, the Longhorns, come into town. Clemson, minus eight and a half, hosting South Carolina. It's a good matchup. Two unbeaten teams uh, there on the ACC network tonight. Colorado State, minus 22 and a half, hosting Denver. And Texas A&M now minus 18 and a half hosting DePaul. On the ice last night, had my uh, game of the week, AJ, with the Avalanche seeking revenge against the Ducks. And you know what? They won three to two. But uh, I laid the goal and a half. Oh! Yeah, I played it on the puck line. They were massive favorites. And then I you know, got a good price on the puck line at minus 115, minus 120, depending on when you grabbed it. They were up three nothing with 10 minutes left in this game. Oh, no. And uh, a five-on-three power play led to the Ducks pulling to within three to two. Oh. So it's just a, a heartbreaking turn of events. Refs come into play late in the game, and the five-on-three five on three is so hard to defend. It really is. And you know what? The, I don't want to call it the announcer's jinx, but I was watching the game on, uh, on the, the Avalanche Network, and they had said, oh, you know, the Avs have uh, – Killed off the last five, five on three power play penalty Whoops. kills or whatever. And I was like, up, oh, there's the jinx. There it goes. There, there you have it. Um, kudos to the Sharks, who played really well on this road trip. They were huge underdogs at the Islanders, and they win 5-4 in overtime. So on this. Like, were, Eastern, were they down 4 nothing also? The uh, the Sharks in this game were down, not 4 nothing. no. They were down 4-1. to 4-1, to one. okay. Yes. So. The Sharks on this Eastern road trip played the Bruins, Devils, Rangers, and Islanders. They go to Detroit for a game tomorrow night. But those are four really tough teams to play in the East. They lose to the Bruins. They beat the Devils, barely lose to the Rangers, and beat the Islanders. 
I, here's what I think. I, I Like, listen, I know it was a historically bad start, mm-hmm. and we thought this was the worst hockey team of yeah, all they're time. They're not as bad as... They're not the worst yeah. hockey team of all time. They're, they're really bad, yeah. but they're not the worst hockey team of all time. Uh, we were just wrong about that. Yep, I would agree with that. Uh, the Kings, down 3 nothing against the Blue Jackets, score three unanswered in the third period to tie it, and then win in overtime. It was all part of the plan. Three. Who was the goalie for uh, Columbus? Elvis Merzlikens. Of course it was. Go. And the battle of the Hughes brothers in Vancouver, the Canucks and the Devils. You had all three Hughes brothers playing in this game. I texted a buddy of mine uh, before the game and I said, why don't we do a same game parlay just for fun? You know, 10 bucks, whatever. All three Hughes brothers to score goals. And he goes, never going to happen. Well, Jack Hughes scored a goal. Luke Hughes scored a goal. Quinn Hughes did not score. What a loser. <laughs> the Devils win 6-5 in overtime. This was a 4-2 Devils lead after the first period, a 5-2 Devils lead going into the third period, and then a 5-5 game. And actually, it didn't go into overtime. Um, excuse me. Uh, Jesper Brat scored in the closing seconds. I thought that was my mistake. Didn't go into overtime. Jesper Brat scored. In the closing minute of the game, uh, his second of the night. So the Devils get the 6-5 game. I think it went over. I think I think that's an over, yeah. I think yeah. you're solid there. Quinn Hughes did have multiple assists in the game, by the way, as he still is one of the top uh, point scorers in the NHL. Just four games on the schedule for tonight. The Penguins are at the Lightning. Tampa minus 125. Stars at the Panthers, part of a TNT doubleheader. Florida minus 120. VGK at the Blues. And Vegas is a minus 150 favorite. Hurricanes at the Oilers. Edmonton and in, in, in Carolina are split minus 110 both ways. Now, here's an interesting little uh, schedule wrinkle. We have back-to-back Home and home series, Vegas and uh, St. Louis. Vegas, this is the same kind of uh, philosophy that I had on Colorado playing against the Ducks. Vegas lost as the favorite against the Blues the last game. Now, when that happens, I went back into the history of our database, okay? When the team that is favored, loses in a situation where both the te- where, where you play the same team back to back games if the favorite loses the first game they win the second game how often do they win the second game well aj it's 45 and 16 <laughs> okay for that favorite get it done. for that favorite in the second game so we like the Golden Knights to avenge the loss. Let's go to the Blues. I like that too. Tonight, all right. Um, and then you know it's it's just it's it's always interesting when these things happen when you have these uh, scheduling quirks. So we had it with the uh, game that we saw last night in the Avalanche and the Ducks, and we have it here tonight with VGK and the St. Louis Blues. Little little bit of a, a rare scheduling quirk, uh, but again, forty five to sixteen. That'll work. Now 46. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. You know, the Major League Baseball winter meetings are going on, AJ. We're going to talk a little bit more about this once the winter meetings wrap up. Hopefully there will be some more activity 
going on in Nashville. But here's what we know right now. Uh, the Yankees have made a trade with the Red Sox. This is very rare. Like eighth time. Yeah. The Red Sox sending Alex Verdugo to the Yankees. So. Eighth time in the free agency era, I should say. Not yeah. not all time. But, yeah, it's, it's, it is a rare thing, certainly. Since, like, the 60s, it's the eighth time. Yeah. So, uh, Alex Verdugo, now a member of the New York Yankees. Although, I, I've also heard that they, they may be – using Alex Verdugo as part of a package to dangle for Juan Soto. That is a very uh, big possibility. Padres manager Mike Schilt said that he is going to meet with Juan Soto later this month. So they're going to, I guess, figure out what the future holds with Soto. But that is the biggest uh, story right now, besides Shohei Otani. The biggest story is, will Juan Soto be traded? And the Yankees are the top favorite to win. Juan Soto in a trade. Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, says that the uh, Dodgers met with Shohei Otani a couple of days ago for between two and three hours. So they're trying to put on a pitch here to acquire Shohei Otani. Yeah, I've I've heard Cubs, Giants, Dodgers, Angels, Mm -hmm. and there was one other team. Uh, oh, the Mets. That seems to be like the, the consensus five, although the Cubs, it seems, are maybe falling back in that race. So the, early report, the usual suspects, it sounds like. Speculation is that his contract could be over $600 million. That's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I, I, I thought going into this season that the Giants were going to kind of be the dark horse. It's been a long time since the Giants have made a big splash. I'm sure they're tired of seeing the Dodgers and the Padres spend all this money while they're just like, you know, their fans are certainly got to be tired of it. Uh, so that's who I kind of expected to make the, the biggest play for it. But uh, money talks. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's certainly it, it's been a really quiet free agency for Otani. Like we, there's not a lot yeah. like the, fi- the fact that we're finding out. Oh, he talked to the Dodgers a couple days ago. Clearly, they're purposely kind of keeping this thing under wraps. This is now when things come out at the winter meetings. So uh, they'll continue this week, and then we'll break things down once these meetings conclude and we find out a little bit more about what's going on around Major League Baseball. Congratulations to the Cleveland Guardians who won the draft lottery. So they will pick first overall next year, first time in franchise history, that they'll have the, the number one overall pick. And just... If you're curious, like, well, what does that even mean? I'm going to run down a list of the recent number one overall picks in Major League Baseball just so you can say, oh, well, does it mean anything? Is that a franchise changer? We all know about Paul Skeens, who got drafted by the Pirates last year. That's the phenomenal pitcher from LSU. We'll see what happens. Jackson Holiday for the Orioles is the top prospect in all yep. of baseball right now. He'll likely come up. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, 2020, pretty good for the yep. Tigers. Adley Rutschman, you heard of that guy? Yeah, pretty, yep. pretty solid. Yep, 2019 first overall pick for the, uh, the the Orioles. Dansby Swanson. He ended up beating. It's funny because a couple of these guys, like Spencer Torkelson, Dansby Swanson, yep. the first couple, or the first look at him, it's like, oh, maybe they're not that good. And then yeah. they start to figure it out. Of course. Uh, Carlos Correa was the number one overall pick in yeah. 2012. Garrett Cole. Yeah, he ended up okay. Bryce Harper. Pretty solid. Steven Strasburg. Yeah, pretty solid. David Price. Yeah. Yeah, so you're not naming any of the duds, yeah. though, are you? No, I'm just saying, like, because there some there are duds. Yes, there are, but having the number one overall pick is no important if you want to change the trajectory of your franchise. So, congratulations to the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, here's what we're doing for you at pregame.com. We are offering incredible promos to save some money. It is Army Navy Week, and so we're going to give you two promo codes to use that will save you $15 at pregame.com. Let's start with, uh, in honor of AJ, let's go Army 15. I like it. Army 15. 
will be the first promo code. $15 off anything you'd like at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.